Why, hello there. Your ears are in the right place. You're listening to I Never Cast for This. We are a podcast dedicated to bringing forth discussions on controversial gaming topics, and hopefully putting them to rest. My name is Kalthar, and you're about to listen to our first pilot podcast. There are technical difficulties that took place, audio volumes weren't the best, and all that kind of stuff, but we had to start somewhere, right? At the time of broadcast, we also didn't have a name for the show, so we initially called it the Kelthar Gaming Show, which has now obviously been changed. Also, we titled the episode as number zero because it was essentially a trial run to see if podcasting is something we wanted to get into. When we finished recording the episode, we agreed that this is something we definitely want to do for the long haul. So bear with us during a few rusty moments, and enjoy episode zero of I Never Cast for This. that are just tuning in. My name is Kelthar. I am um, bringing to you live the Kelthar Gaming Show, which is going to be changed. That name is not going to stick because we're going to make a brand new channel uh, all dedicated to this new podcast. Um, the show is essentially about uh, having a wide variety of guests on with a wide variety of backgrounds in gaming specifically. And uh, we're going to talk about different uh, gaming topics overall, many of them controversial. Uh, for example, one week we are going to be talking about cheating in gaming. Uh, another one is going to be the whole pay-to-win aspect, whether it's okay or not. Uh, another one specifically could talk about achievements. Are they good for gaming? Are they bad? Different examples like that. Um, but overall, today we're going to be talking about something a little different. But before I get to actually what the crux of the show will be about... Let me introduce the one and only Trailard, who is right here. Say hello, Trailard. Hello, Trailard. <laughs> Very so, funny. Uh, my own history in gaming uh, goes way back. Um, I know that amongst our group of friends, I'm pretty much the old guy. Uh, my own history of gaming goes the whole way back to uh, like the early 1980s, so... I've seen a lot of changes, a lot of uh, good things happen, a lot of bad things happening with gaming. So uh, it's generally where I'll be coming from. Uh, hopefully it'll make the learning the history of gaming a bit more interesting for some of you out there. So That's right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes, because Willie, as I said, the wide variety of backgrounds, Willie has a very diverse one coming, growing up in the 80s. Where your first system was was what the Atari twenty six hundred twenty six hundred oh yeah twenty six hundred yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah so my first system was the first system was the Sega Genesis ninety six I think so yeah so I don't go as far back as you so you have a lot more experience so that's yeah. it's great to have you on the show thank you for for joining joining today you're very welcome um, if you don't know me. Uh, I've been streaming for a while now, um, several years, kind of intermittently. Uh, lately, I've been streaming a lot more. 
but we, uh, myself and Trailard actually came up with the idea of starting a gaming podcast. So Trailer, I expect Trailer is going to be here every week, if it, or almost every week, if not every week, with me, uh, kind of co-hosting with me. Um, and uh, yeah, so like, like I said, I've been streaming for, for quite a while. And a wide variety of games. I started with NHL games back in the day, and also Diablo three, back when that game first came out, and those that, that was a ton of fun. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, uh, in real life, I am a primary elementary school teacher, so I teach the young ones. Uh, this year, I got a lot of experience teaching kindergarten and grade two music, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, a bit wild, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, in my spare time, I like to uh, play music, but mostly I like to play a lot of video games. Uh, so yeah, that's my story, I guess. Not very exciting. Willie, how about you? What if? Uh, what can you tell us about yourself? Uh, well, currently really, I'm in trailer slash nursing school. <laughs> uh, I'll start in my second year come September, so I'm currently doing some odds and ends right now. Uh, I tinker with music, uh, mostly guitar stuff, but uh, gaming has pretty much always been my main hobby, so uh, that's pretty much where my focus lies, so. and especially with our uh, the topic, one of the topics we'll be talking about later on uh, during the show, just to show just how much it can get out of hand, <laughs> if you let it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so um, this is a segment of the show where we're going to start talking about uh, gaming in general, how our weeks have gone uh, gaming-wise. So I'll start with you, Willie. What games have uh, what games have you been playing lately for the past little while? Uh, well, as you may know, uh, I actually had to get a brand new PC recently. Uh, it's a major upgrade. One of the games that I bought months ago but couldn't play... Um, the old system was Watch Dogs 2. Uh, a very good game. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Played it for about a week straight. Uh, last week, completed it. And just enjoyed it. Enjoyed every bit of it. Um, I didn't get 100% on it, but I did finish the storyline. Um, I definitely one up there that I could recommend. Uh, the Witcher 3 was another. Uh, while I could play it on my previous system, I couldn't make it look as gorgeous as, as it could be. Uh, but with everything cranked up full, uh, from an RPG standpoint, it is an excellent game. And then, you, uh, yeah, I was going to say, what do you, uh, can you tell me a bit more about The Witcher Three? Because it's a game I'm actually considering. Bombing. Well, it's based off of uh, the writings of uh, Polish writer. Uh, the books are slowly but surely being translated into English. Uh, I own the first two, I believe, uh, but the story or the the author of the story allowed CD Projekt, the game developers, uh, carte blanche. Uh, so while they didn't copy anything directly from the books, they kept it within the same universe okay. and the same character. So it definitely has that same vibe of, uh, you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's, there's a lot of moral choices, but there's no good and there's no evil. There's just shades of gray throughout. Right. So, so you can make huge decisions that impact a lot. Is that, Am I right in saying that? Yes. Uh, the the whole, as I said, the whole 
Shades of Grey thing. You could do something which you might think be for the best, but that can sometimes turn around and bite you in the ass and, well, something totally unexpected happens uh, that you didn't intend. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of depth to, the, to it and a lot of depth to the storytelling in it as well. Hmm. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, for myself, I've um, lately been playing a lot of... Ooh, I'm going to move that window there. Uh, I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft. Uh, I have a long history in World of Warcraft. I've been playing steadily... or I'm saying steadily, but there have been intermittent breaks in between. But overall, I've been playing a lot of um, The Hunter lately. Uh, but yeah, sorry. I, I, I've been playing since Wrath of the Lich King. And... Um, in Wrath Lich King, I mained a uh, Torin Druid. So I absolutely love Torin Druids. And for those that aren't aware of what those are, those are shape-shifting magic guys. And they can heal and uh, turn into bears and birds and cats and fish. <laughs> so lots of uh, different kind of creatures like that. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft, leveling up in uh, Legion and playing, uh, getting my hunter geared out. That's what I'm maining now. Uh, besides that, um, my brother was actually in for the weekend with his wife, and we were playing a lot. He he, uh, he started playing Life is Strange, so I'm not sure if any listeners out there are familiar with that game. It's a game by uh, Square Enix and Don't Nod Entertainment. It's uh, a game about a girl named Max Caulfield who uh, is starting to get these strange visions about her town being destroyed by or by a tornado. And this tornado is going to wipe out the town in, she discovers, in a few short days. And it's, so it's pretty stressful. But not only that, she also discovers that she has the ability to reverse time. And so the game is really cool. It has a lot of cool gameplay elements where you can change uh, a lot of decisions you make or uh, you're able to see the out not necessarily outcome, but if you talk to somebody and say one thing to them, you're able to reverse time and say something else to them to see how they would react. So it's really uh, it's really interesting dynamic in that sense. Uh, but yes, I that's one of my all-time favorite games, and I really wanted my brother Erebus, who will be on next week's show, hopefully. Uh, he was supposed to be on tonight, but he's really not feeling well. He's been down with the flu. Uh, but yeah, he was been playing that, and we stayed up till I think seven in the morning this this morning playing the game. We finished episode four, and I was really hoping we get to the end, but it's, we weren't able to do that unfortunately. But it's got a lot of crazy twists and turns. It's pretty insane. Uh, yeah, so mostly World of Warcraft, a bit of Ori in the Blind Forest. I've been playing on stream a little bit, and yeah, that's about it. Um. Let's and I just got to add that uh, I also agree that the Life of Strange is a very, very good game. Yeah, I was going to uh, ask you. I, didn't, I wasn't sure if you've played it or not. You you have beaten it, have you? Oh, played it, completed it, seen who the big bad was. Yeah. <laughs> what, that's who Mark saw or at the end of last night. He saw who the big bad was. And it was oh, like, yeah. He was pretty blown away. But we were both also very tired and we went immediately to bed. But still. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's such a good game. The uh, prequel comes out end of August, which I'm super excited about. And Life is Strange 2. I can't remember when Life is Strange 2 comes out. There's probably a release date somewhere. I think it's this yeah, year, though. Is it this year? Maybe it's not. 
maybe it's like yeah maybe it's not the pre i'm glad the prequel's coming out i don't know but i thought it was this year but maybe not i'll have to look into that later um let's move on uh let's see into the gaming news first thing that comes to mind that seems to be taking a lot of headlines lately is the SNES Classic. Uh, it arrives on, for those that don't know, the uh, NES Classic was released, actually I can't remember, how, that was several months ago now, I guess six months ago, was it? Yeah, it was just, uh, it was before Christmas of last year. Before Christmas, okay. So that was released and it was pretty popular, but the issue was that Nintendo generally likes to do is release limited supply <laughs> so they were uh, I'm pretty sure they were on like eBay for like ridiculous amounts of money um, yeah so anyways I'm sure they were I'm, I think they were they were uh, generally favorably reviewed and all that stuff like everyone a lot of people liked them um, so but that was the main issue with them the, the general shortage supply the uh, so now the SNES Classic Mini has been announced, and that arrives on September 29th and includes 21 games pre-installed on it. That's pretty cool. Uh, Willie, do you have anything you want to add to that? Uh, just basically that, I don't know, for stuff like that, I find it to be, uh, while I think you can play original cartridges on it, uh, if you really want to just go for the emulation route, uh, which is what most people are going to do anyway, uh, and and if you don't mind getting your hands dirty, you can always go the route of Raspberry Pi. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, it's uh, it's a mini computer that pretty much you come, it comes with a board, and you basically build off of the board. I mean, you can build uh, an emulation station that uh, will play all the classic systems, uh, like for like thirty five bucks American, so less than fifty bucks Canadian uh, to get started. Uh, you do have to. Do the, do the building and all the hardware stuff yourself. But there's a lot of information out there online. And if you don't mind a bit of soldering, it's there for you, uh, including how to connect up uh, controllers and things like that. Hmm, interesting. So that uh, sounds like something that would definitely be good. I know you can get, because uh, I, I thought about stuff like that too, you can get like a USB N64 controller too, and you can oh, yeah. hook that up to your, and that would just have the original sense of playing the game which is something that I think would matter to a lot of people and it does to me because I've tried playing N64 games and games from old systems with different controllers it doesn't feel the same like if I want to play the original Pokemon Snap for example I want to play with an N64 controller as weird as that controller was that's what I would want to do well there are also controllers out there um, I was just mentioned their USB for that are in the style of the SNES and even the NES originally Uh, so those are out there uh, you could build them yourself. You need to prefab uh, certain parts of it to make it look authentic. So, hmm. but you do yeah. always have those options, right? For sure. Um, anything else you want to say about that? No, that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. So yeah, again, that's September 29th. Uh, I think pre-orders are going out. I don't know if the pre-orders are sold out. Likely they are. I'm assuming this is going to be popular. If they release an N64 classic, though... Up here in Canada, they actually have sold out already. They have sold out, okay. A lot of people are complaining about it because uh, already there's a lot of eBay. Uh, Things have been put up for extortionate events, so a lot of people are upset by that. That's the ridiculous thing, right? It's just... 
stuff gets like if Nintendo Nintendo could easily solve this problem, but I guess they're just afraid of oversupplying. It's like the whole amiibo thing too. And then people everyone wanted an amiibo and maybe the enticement of it is the fact that they're hard to get and then when they are plentiful maybe people wouldn't buy them. I don't know. Yeah. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think that's yeah, I was going to say if they release an N64 classic, oh my goodness. I would die for that. N64 was one of my favorite systems. I love that one. Yeah. Um, gaming news, there's not a whole lot of gaming news this week, but one other thing that's kind of been in the headlines every now and then was the uh, Open IV for GTA 5. It's um, a modding tool for GTA 5, and it has become quite controversial um, because people could cheat online with this. Oh. So I'm going to get rid of that because that's just covered your entire face. Again, technical stuff. Um, yeah, so people would cheat online with it. Uh, trailer, do you have some of the stuff you want to add about that? Yeah. Um, actually, that was an improvement with face there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, OpenIV. Uh, it was created, I think they started it back with GTA 4 so that the game itself could be modified. Uh, a lot of people use OpenIV now for GTA 5 for creating mini movies uh, that goes above and beyond the what you can actually do with the integrated uh, movie maker within Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, as you said, a minority of people were using it to modify the game so they could cheat. Uh, OpenIV was never created specifically for that. Uh, so you, you do need to, be, to have a bit of know-how on how to alter this. Uh, the big thing that occurred because of it is on the Steam uh, store page on PC. Uh, overnight, the game went from uh, overly positive, mostly positive reviews, to overwhelmingly negative. Negative. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, it was like it's ridiculous, but it's still like one of the top selling games on Steam. It still is. Oh yeah, I, the idea wasn't to. Um, I think for a lot of people, it wasn't to uh, get people not to buy it, but more just to vent their frustration at Tech 2 with the publisher. Mm-hmm. Now, there has been an update to this where Rockstar themselves uh, have decided to open a dialogue with the creators of uh, OpenIV and in doing, or just so that it doesn't need to be removed completely and that uh, they can work with them so that they can work out ways that it won't be able to used, be used for online uh, gaming which is what a lot of fans wanted wanted in the first place. Uh, Tech 2, I think, were just heavy-handed with it. They decided to uh, send cease and desist letters. And in the end, uh, Rockstar have listened to the community and have decided there is another way to do this without being so uh, destructive and just removing it from the internet entirely. Right. And that's honestly really... Oh my goodness, what just happened? I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> I can't wait till I. This is all seamless. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna put your face right over here. There we go. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. Anyways. Yeah. The, the main. The main good thing about it is. Well, the the thing is, if you're gonna be modding, having um, allowable mods online is a huge issue. Like for a classic example, I remember playing. Uh, not really classic, I guess, but Dungeon Siege, when that game first came out, it's kind of like, it's similar to Diablo in a sense, where it's an action RPG, and you 
go around getting loot in your top ten view, click around, do ability stuff like that. But they allowed you uh, to import your single player character, which okay, that sounds okay if you first think about it. But they also allowed cheats in single player. So if you allow cheats in single player and you hack your character and then bring him into multiplayer, well, that's not entirely fair. So I would work my butt off trying to level my guy up, get all this gear, and people would just come in with the max gear, max everything, and it would just ruin the entire fun aspect of the game. Like, it was brutal. Well, believe it or not, Blizzard actually did the same thing with the first Diablo. Um, They allowed for modifications and cheats just straight up uh, without any cheat detection at all (laughs) in the game. So you'd get in and, well... Seems like a bit of an issue. ...would be killing you in town. Where you're supposed to be safe, so yeah, that upset a lot of people. It killed off uh, any real multiplayer community, which they didn't actually get back until Diablo 2 was released. Right. Yeah. An issue with Dungeon Siege too is the fact that they allowed. Um, I don't. It might have been a hack. I don't know, but there were servers they had where you could go into the server, and every time you'd hit an enemy, you'd gain like 50 levels. Like, just hit an enemy. It was ridiculous. So I don't know if that was a hack. I don't know if that was an actual custom mutator you can add on the game or whatever, but it was... It ruins the game. This, But again, cheating is a whole separate discussion we'll get to another week. But yeah. yeah. So, let's move into the big topic. As we said at the start of the, the broadcast, we're, uh, we're going to be talking about things in gaming that are... Potentially controversial in a sense that uh, people can have very varying opinions on them. Uh, like I said, if you're talking about cheating in gaming or pay to win, some people like it, some people don't. Achievements, some people like them, some people don't. Uh, the one this week is going to be a little different. It's a bit less heavy-handed than those ones. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about our backlogs. Um, and it's not exactly controversial in a sense, it's but it's controversial in the sense that many of us have very, very massive backlogs that we say we're going to get through, and we never do. So, like it's literally impossible. Like if you go to howlongtobeat.com, you're you're it could take years to beat your backlog. And Willie Trailard, I should say, how big is your backlog? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, well. In my Steam library alone, I have 1,145 games. And I would say that at least half of those, if not a bit more, uh, I haven't even looked at. Uh, now, bear in mind, uh, a, lot of those, a lot of these games are uh, came as part of bundles and things like that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, there's no, I've just given up on the fact that I'm going to play, play and complete all of them. Mm-hmm. But I happen to have a good go at uh, just just to see what I can get through. Uh, but out of those, you know, I mean, I'd say maybe forty-five to fifty percent of the games in this on the Steam collection I have played to completion. Really? Okay. I was going to ask how many generally you've played. Like, is there do you how many? Or, or maybe I should say, how many do you have untouched completely? If you know off of that, I'm not sure if I would need to actually go through. But I would say there'd be quite a few of those in there. Um, you have to remember, though, I, I do have a lot of games, but I've also been... This Steam account that I'm using has been active since 2004. Wow. Or so 2000. 13 years, yeah. 
something like that. It's um, quite a long time uh, because this was set up. I set up this account before Half Life Two was released, which is the main reason why most people actually got Steam installed. Yeah, because yeah, I think when Steam first came out, it was actually like crap, wasn't it? Like a lot of it was really buggy, and a lot of people didn't want it, to make the change. It wasn't that. It, it was before Half Life Two. It wasn't a front end for a store. It was basically for their multiplayer servers right. for Valve themselves. Like I mean, it, it was huge for uh, the original Counter Strike. So whenever it was released, uh, that's what a lot of people used. Um, then Half Life Two came along, and Valve realized that whatever contract they had signed with, uh, I believe it was Vivendi, there was no provision for digital sales. So okay. Valve did the smart business move and decided, well, well, we'll just publish it online and uh, ourselves. Uh, Vivendi can have the the brick and mortar retail. We'll have online. Mm-hmm. A huge lawsuit ensued, and eventually, well, Valve won. They added a few other games, so on and so forth, and I have got the multi-billion dollar business that they have today. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. The amount of money they must be rolling in is absolutely ludicrous. Um, but that, well, I was, I was going to ask, too, the, uh, the backlog doesn't just include steam and for those if anyone for some reason isn't quite sure what a backlog is we're talking about games that are in your overall library so they could be games that are uh you have stuffed in your closet on your nintendo wii u or maybe you have it on your xbox or maybe computer games on steam that are stashed in your library uh hundreds and hundreds of games like willie as trailer said he has uh how many 1140 something yeah. So around that. A lot of games in his library that that's just the games in his library and a large percentage of those he has not beaten yet. So, um, yeah, do you have games on Xbox and PlayStation as well that you need to get through? I do. Uh, although on new systems, it's mostly just the, the monthly freebies. On, uh, of course, Xbox, you've got uh, the games with gold. That yes. They go free three each three, month. three games that- a month, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, three or four, but now they've made it even worse by adding the compatibility to the Xbox 360. So, right, oh, we we now have those games to contend with. And then when the original uh, Xbox, or when the because the Xbox One is going to add compatibility to the original Xbox as yeah. well. So that's I mean, hopefully they're going to add some Xbox uh, games with gold with that too. Oh, yeah, that would be a really good uh, way forward uh, with the PS4. Same thing with the uh, PlayStation Plus sub- subscri- subscription. Every month they give away free games. Generally, though, this uh, generation, Xbox, Microsoft is just cleaning house with them, just with the quality of the games that they're uh, giving away for free. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to ask, too, why do our backlogs get so massive? Why own 1,100 games? Like I don't know. I, like, I have a fair number of games, and I've gone through them and, and sorted a few of them, which we'll, we'll get to later on how I did that. But I, I probably have maybe 60, I don't even know if it's that many, maybe 60 games that I need to get through. Whereas you own over 11, 1,100 games. So how do you get to the point, why, how does it get to be that big in the first place? Uh, time, I think, is the big one. As I said, this, I've had this account for so many years now. It's uh, 
it's just a natural accumulation. But we also one that's uh, also sales as well. I mean, right now Steam has a sale summer sale going on, and of course now I've, I think I bought maybe two or three things off of it, which I promise that I'll get to eventually. Um, but we also have stuff like um, Humble Bundle and Indie Bundles in general. Uh, there's various websites out there that release like five or six games that are they're going to be there's going to be games in there that don't really interest you but there's all, but there's going to be other games that, in that same bundle that you can pay like a buck or five bucks you know what I mean to get all those games uh, so I think that's adding to it as well right it's true. I mean, some of the sales uh, like are ninety percent off. Like, uh, I remember I just bought uh, what was it, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which is a game that sounds really interesting, which I've never played and I've read a bunch about it. But normally it's like twenty one dollars and it's like three dollars and twenty cents or something. I'm like, how well, how can you pass that up? Exactly, and that's a really good game. Actually, um, I've played and completed that one. Yeah. So yeah, I can't wait to play it. Actually, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so that's a good point. The Steam sales happen, and uh, because of that, uh, you see a deal that's way too good to pass up. And if something is too good to pass up, even if you don't plan to play it, ever. Some people just like to collect games, Such, which I'm assuming you're kind of in that boat. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, if it was physical stuff, like I, I've always been someone who prefers to collect physical games, like discs and stuff. I love having discs until... So my ex- Xbox stopped reading discs, of course, but it's a whole other story. But, uh, yeah, no, I really enjoy collecting physical stuff. But I don't mind having a collection of, of Steam games as well, and you can install whenever you want and play, and it's much more convenient as well. Um, but uh, it, it can be tough to get through all those games, especially when they're so cheap and it's so tempting to to get them all. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I mean... Some of those deals that are really too good to be true. Like, I mean, um, there's games on on Steam right now for like uh, fifty cents or less. Yeah. And those are those are the type of things that you look at them and go, "Well, I'm not sure about it," but for like fifty cents, I mean, I might do, I might get bored enough someday to actually play it. So, yeah, exactly. It's, like if there were if there was a game like twenty cents for Barbie's Ocean Discovery, like. <laughs> If you're so inclined. Yeah. I mean, if it's 20 cents, why not buy it? Yeah. Right? You might never play it, ever, but, you know, it's Barbie's Ocean Discovery for 20 cents. I mean, yeah. You could buy five copies for your friends for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But, Just brack a buck, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, and, and, and it is true. I, I think that is generally how backlogs get so big. And... uh it kind of leads into my next uh, point a little bit. How, like, I find that I get bored of games easily. Not always. It depends on the game. Like, Life is Strange, I was hooked from the start to the end. Like, there aren't many games that do that for me. Like, I find after an hour into a game, I'm kind of thinking about other games. Like... And then I'm like, no, I need to force myself. I need to keep playing this game. And then when I force myself to keep playing a game, it's it loses the fun almost. So, do you find you have that experience to to an extent? Very much so. I mean, um, it's probably aging as well. Um, 
it's been a long time since I've actually been, you know what I mean, like physically excited over a game. Uh, there really isn't much anymore that I'm really obsessed over. There might be a game like Watch Dogs 2 where I just want to see the story on a plat for a week straight. Now I've completed it. It's like, I don't have 100%. So who knows? I might go back and do that. At a later point, I might pick up the DLC for it. Uh, but I do I do find that if I force myself to play a game, then I end up burning myself out on it, and I just do not want to play it anymore. Uh, I, a very good example of that is World of Warcraft. Now, that's a game I've had a real love-hate relationship with uh, since it began. Uh, I was there for the original release day for it. I remember going to the store and then calling into work sick. But... Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I played it straight for about four years, and then, I don't know, it just got to be a chore, having to show up for raids every day, having to do this, doing officer duties in the guild. It just got really, really boring, and I just one day dropped it. I realized I was paying 15 bucks a month for uh, what was basically a job at that point without being yeah. paid for it. It can feel like that. <laughs> is going on now sorry about that um yeah no that's a good that's a good point like i find when i it's the same with me if i'm forcing myself to play a game maybe i want to get 100 percent. maybe i um some kind of trophy or something i'm trying to get in the game that isn't particularly fun to get and wow is a good example of that uh for those that, for those that do play world of warcraft uh you might have a quest to go kill if you kill a thousand critters or something, you might get a, a cool mount or something. There's no way that would be fun at all. Like the, no. the fun of it is the end reward, not the actual process. And, and that can get old after a while. And I like Willie, like trailer, it says like after four years of that stuff, it can, uh, <laughs> kind of get burned out from it. And it can feel like a job as he, as, as he stated very well. But, um, yeah, I, I find lately for me, uh, not as bad lately actually, but it has happened to me in the past, where I find that I'm playing a game and I'm having fun for a while, but then I keep thinking or feeling like I have to play another game. So it's really bad with MMOs, because if I try and play a single player game, I like it like Ori in the Blind Forest, for example, this happened to me the other day. I, I'm playing Ori in the Blind Forest. I'm like, oh, I should be playing World of Warcraft. I need to get uh, this next piece of gear. I need to complete these quests so I can move on to this thing, whatever. And MMOs can kind of ruin that, and multiplayer games especially. Uh, you keep playing... Because the problem with multiplayer games, too, is they don't end. There's no end in sight. If you play Call of Duty and you want to prestige 10 times, I mean, that takes hundreds and hundreds of... Like, you can't end that. And... But with a single-player game, as soon as you see the credits roll, it's essentially over. But you can always go back and in, in, in 100% and stuff like that. But do you find that as well? Like, do you find that with MMOs and multiplayer games kind of take away from other single-player games for you? Not really, because at this point, um, uh, I will admit there was a time whenever I felt it was my duty to log in with uh, you know, I mean, other members of the guild and stuff like that to go raiding and stuff. But not as, I don't know, I think I'm just old enough to realize that, well, 
I'm doing that. I'm, this is a hobby for me. And for it to be a hobby, it has to be something you enjoy. And if you do something uh, that's going to kill that for you, I don't really see the point of it. So I have absolutely no issues uh, uh, dropping a game uh, quite quickly if I'm becoming burnt out by it. Now, there's been a few games. A good example was one called Dark. It was about vampires. Um, it, it, it looked decent and still does. But at the time, I just really didn't want to... It just didn't wasn't my type of game right then and there. But recently, I played uh, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines, and loved the hell out of it. So I figured, you know what? I'll try this again. I've actually just reinstalled it there over the weekend. Looked at it for about two minutes and... Well, I uh, haven't really done anything with it yet, but it's on there, and I do I do intend to get through the storyline for it at the very least. Cool. Um, that's, I was going to ask about that too. Like, what about games we don't particularly enjoy? Like, if you spend money on a game, do you kind of feel obligated that you should finish it? In a sense, like, how do you get around that? Because I find I have an issue with that personally. Not really. Uh, and the big thing about that is now that uh, Steam has a new policy of uh, you can buy a game and either within f- the first 14 days or two hours played time, whichever comes first, you can get a full refund for, from Steam, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, people are using this system as a, as a way to test games out, like demos, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are saying, oh, well, that's not good for gaming uh, industry I, I believe that if uh, they actually released demos out there uh, people wouldn't need to do that I would indeed have a fair idea of what a game's like before they actually put down any money on it whatsoever mm-hmm. that's a good point yeah I think I think it's nothing but good in fact if you if you if companies release a very solid first hour of a game then they, I think that makes people way more inclined to pick up the game and also it kind of holds them accountable as well then, yeah. But then I guess other people could say, oh, maybe they're putting all the best content in the first hour of the game, and then the rest is crap. But Well, you just have to look, if you look a bit older than that, uh, the whole shareware model, which is what Doom and uh, Wolfenstein 3D was released on. Uh, they released the full first episode for free. If you wanted to play the rest, you basically sent them some money, and they sent you some discs back. And that was it. it. It was, you got a good portion of the game. Hmm. And if you wanted to play more, you basically paid for it, which is the way demos work anyway. So yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah I've noticed that on uh, Steam as well, and I believe uh, I know Life is Strange is uh, the first episode is free mm-hmm. right now, which is excellent. And it, when you beat the first episode, like you can't just stop there. Like you're no. like to, for me, I was hooked way before the first episode was even over. So like I would I would have to I already bought the, the full game outright anyway because I knew I was going to like it. But that that's a good way. And I think Hitman did the same thing, didn't it? That it um, they went the episodic route and they have released the very first mission free essentially. Um, the thing about this is one mission might not sound like a lot, but there's so many ways to complete the missions. You could right. uh, Hitman, in case anybody doesn't know, is about well, an assassin. Uh, you can either be as quiet or as loud as as you want on it. So quite literally, either using a carrot or uh, a silenced pistol. Or, as what I did, just for a bit of spice, uh, set off a, an explosive, uh, which 
basically wasn't a very good idea because it alerted all the guards around me and well, I didn't last very long. But those options are there and there are ways to actually do it uh, loud and get away with it. You just need a bit of uh, foresight and planning to do it. Because um, yeah, you, you could sink 10 or 15 hours into, into it, couldn't you? Even to, into, oh, one, yeah. into one mission. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's, 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 it's a good way of doing it. Uh, to give people an idea of, okay, this is what the game's like. This is pretty much what it's about. And it's worked in the past. And I don't know why they don't continue doing it. Yeah, that'd be good for sure. Um, getting back to a previous point, I don't know if you've had this issue. Even when it's your pretend you're not playing World of Warcraft at all, like you're 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 off the WoW crack as as they call it. You're mm-hmm. uh, you're away from that. You're not playing many multiplayer games. You're just trying to get through some single player games. And maybe this is only me that like I, I could be an oddity in this sense, but it's still the same sense where I'm playing a game like Ori in the Blind Forest, or I've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon 3 lately. I forgot to mention that at the start of the show. Uh, but for whatever reason, I'm playing the game, and I'm focused on another game. I'm thinking about the other game, saying like, oh, like I really should be playing Ori. Like I think it'd be so fun. Then I go play Ori. I'm like, oh, I should go back to Forza. Like I really enjoyed Forza. Like, And I kind of bounce back and forth. Like is that Maybe it's not normal at all, but I don't know if this is a common thing or or what my mindset is, but I feel like, but I find it in that sense, it's hard for me to complete my backlog because I'm constantly just bouncing from game to game and not getting any core um, progress done in any of them. Well, that's one way I look at it. The other way to look at it is it means that there's little chance of you actually burning yourself out on any one single game. That's true. Um, where it could be an issue is just the fact that you don't get anywhere and you have too many games going at once. But if it's just uh, a small handful, maybe two, three tops, then that's something that's probably normal. Um, I've done it before myself in the past. Uh, I don't do it on a regular basis. Uh, usually whenever I get into a game, I try to stick with it. Um, but as I said, I've got no, com- I've got absolutely no problem uh, pulling away from a game. Mm-hmm. to play something else without feeling oh I should play that a bit more do this that um, and I do go through phases for, for multiplayer games as well but uh, I find that if you uh, keep quite a bit of variety in your hobbies uh, you don't tend to get bored quite as quickly and uh, end up doing weird stuff like going outside <laughs> stuff like that yeah <laughs> that's a good point um yeah i guess like i guess you have a good point yeah like it's good to kind of have a few games to juggle around anyway because Mm -hmm. then like you said it keeps keeps things fresh uh i feel like there's something else i was gonna say about that anyway we'll move on from that um so uh yes the solution for your backlog catastrophe the backlog crisis how do we get around this backlog crisis so willie do you have any solutions for that uh either creating a database for yourself um in my case that would be unwieldy but um (laughs) even an excel database just for games you've completed and games you haven't completed uh there are websites out there you can use for that uh 
the one that actually you pointed out to me uh, not too long ago, the backloggery, mm-hmm. which allows you to set up, you know, I mean, add games to your list. Um, now, for a lot of people, if you create a full list straight, you know, I mean, just straight off the bat, uh, it might be a bit depressing to look at for the games that you have to get through. But yeah. uh, it's, but my, I don't know, my idea behind it would be instead of looking at the games that you have to go through, look at what you've actually completed. Mm-hmm. And that's um, motivation in itself. It is. I, like, I mean, I have so many games that I haven't completed, but I'm not overly worried about it because I know that there's a, a probably an equal amount of games that have uh, completed uh, at least the storyline, if not uh, like 100% all collectibles and things like that. Yeah. So I can definitely uh, look at those and go, okay, well, I've done something with my hobby. Yeah. And that's good. And that's what I get worried about and something I've had an issue with in the past. Like I said, I would bounce from game to game and never actually finish them and I would tell people like oh I've never I've never actually finished Half-Life 2 I've never finished GT any of the GTAs I never finished like Skyrim I never I've never finished any of these big AAA games that a lot of people have played and uh, and, it, and that almost is depressing in a sense too where I can't join in the conversation I can't say talk about the end of a game it's just like oh I've played that for for a bit but I think it's more motivating to know like you said if you look at what you have completed and kind of build on that right yep uh, uh, a lot of people uh i mean and again you do have people there's a lot of people like me out there who do have this whole backlog uh for various reasons but i mean if something serious was to happen tomorrow and we all had to stay at home well, I wouldn't be short of, of, of entertainment either. No, that's for so. sure. Yeah, and it's true. It's nice to have a whole bunch of games and uh, games you know that you could play if if you really wanted to. And I was reading a Reddit post about this the other day too. Um, what they talked about was that when we were kids, we were very limited with the number of entertainment options we had. We had, like, I remember I had my first Game Boy when 1997, Christmas 97, and I got a Game Boy Pocket, which was awesome at the time, with one game, and I had Tetris, and that was all I played. I played Tetris over and over and over, and it was a ton of fun. And I played that way more than I would have played it if I had probably some other games. Like, for example, a year later, an entire year later, I don't think I got... I might have gotten a couple games in between, but a year later I got uh, Pokemon Red, and I dropped every other game, and I played Pokemon Red, because that's what I wanted to play. And I didn't have many other games anyway, but that's what I was focused on. But if I had 20, 30 Game Boy games, I would probably find it overwhelming, especially at that age. Um but I know I wanted to beat Pokemon Red, and the amount of content in Pokemon is, is insane. Like, there's you can catch everything, you can get all the badges and level up guys and all that kind of stuff. But I found that I was all I wanted to play, and I wasn't distracted by anything else. Do, do you find you were like that when you were younger, too? Not really. Um, actually, just as you said, that it actually reminded me of another topic. We can discuss it uh, later. But um, as of... <clears throat> the thing for me is, um, 
I had access to a lot of games mm-hmm. um, from friends and things like that. And you have to remember that the games back then that I was playing, and indeed the games that are similar to the, what you're talking about, uh, the graphics weren't what you'd call uh, spectacular. They did the job, but it was all block pixels. And, um, I don't know, it was easier to detach yourself from a lot of those games. Uh, the only games that I really, really, really focused on were the old text adventures, or as some people call them, uh, interactive uh, fiction. But the idea behind a text adventure was... It's a game that's all text. Uh, rarely did they ever have any graphics whatsoever. So, I mean, for a good example of that would be uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Where, if you'd read the books, you thought you knew the story. And for the most part, you'd be right. But there would be things changed in it that uh, weren't in the book. That you had to account for uh, on the puzzles and things that went along with it. So... That was about as immersive as it got whenever I was growing up, uh, before I was a teenager. There was, there was no such thing as cutscenes. There was really nothing to pull you in. And this uh, was the 80s like, again, right? You know, yeah. Games like yeah. uh, the original Elite, where it was completely single-player. It's not like it is now where uh, we have Elite Dangerous and we have like the big, mad worlds and universes. Oh, yeah. and, you know what I mean? That we can travel. Uh, this was very much uh, line graphics. Uh and it was somewhat engrossing, but definitely wasn't there. So being able to disengage yourself from uh, from various games was f- far easier to do back then than it mm-hmm. would be for some for a kid these days, where everything's all shiny and flashy and is designed to pull them in. Right. Yeah. So it was a different gaming atmosphere entirely. Just the goal of games was different. Because I mean, there was like Pac Man back then, and you can play Pac Man, but you could you could put it down. I would think. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it wasn't really designed to be played for 20 hours straight the same way World of Warcraft is or something like that. No. Uh, Storylines were quite thin on the on the grind, so they were. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pac-Man, it's just some pizza shit, dude. You know what I mean? Eating pills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah. Um, no, that's not to say that if you ever went to a, an actual game in arcade, that you wouldn't have fun, you know what I mean, maybe for half an hour, an hour, just throwing in. Uh, my case would have been 10 pence pieces over here. I don't know, was it quarters back then? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know, and, uh, just being able to throw those in. Uh, I didn't complete many, uh, too many games at the arcade, though. Uh, I think I could, there's, there's one I remember only because I was actually with somebody, and I did a co-op game. Uh, it was one called uh, Golden Axe. Yes, I've heard of that game. It's on the NES too, I think. Yeah, it was on the Mega Drive or Genesis or I don't know what it was called over here. But uh, yeah, we uh, played that and I remember completing that, but I don't remember completing too many. Back then we played games for just for the fun of it. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 and that's what we got to remember. Right? Yeah. That's what gaming is all about. That's what we got to remember. that It's not a job. It's not a it shouldn't feel like a chore to get through it. Like when I was playing again, I keep coming back to Life is Strange just because I love it so much. But rewatching my brother play it last night, 
it was it was amazing. Like I didn't feel like I was like, oh, I can't wait to get through this so I can get to the next game. Or or when I was playing it the first time, I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait till this is over so I can check it off on my list and say it's only. I was enjoying the full experience, almost like kind of like kind of like when I'm watching movies. Like if I'm watching a movie, I'm, I'm never like, oh, I can't wait to get to the next movie. Like I don't know why I treat games differently, but but I guess just because there's so many games and that's the problem. But, uh, but yeah, but going back to, to uh, like you said, having a database and setting up Excel and, and stuff like that, I think that's a really, really good point. And uh, sites like, yeah, like I told you about, like uh, Backloggery is great for showing games you haven't touched at all, games you're in the process of completing, games you have beaten, and games you have 100% completed. So I think it's a really good way to keep track of uh, games, well, your overall gaming history, really, because it allows you to track games from any system, whether it's the most classic system that you can think of trailer, such as the Atari 2600 or something even before that. If there's games that you actually own that you haven't completed, you could track it that from that system or up to anything on Steam that you have currently. And it's a really good way to keep track of all that stuff. And I find it is very motivating to play two or three games at a time, like you said, juggle a few so you don't get too bored, and uh, go through each one. Uh, and as soon as it's done, check it off, go to the next one, and then you can see an overall graph of games you've completed, games you haven't, and it's really, really motivating to see that. and keeps you continued to uh, chug away through all of them. And not only that, but you also have the data that you can pull from that of, you know what I mean, like, is there any genre of game that you've completed more than any other? You know what I mean? Mm. You can also you could take a look at that and also ask about why. You know what I mean? Like you could really pull some interest and data from it. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, after beating Life is Strange, uh, I've decided to play uh, a lot of the games that, w- that were suggested were games similar to that, like Firewatch. I don't know if you have you played that one. Uh, I'm not sure. I think I own it on GOG. But I need to go back and check. Yeah. Again, I think I picked it up during a sale. So, <laughs> okay. Again, another one Willie saw. It was too good to pass up. Bam, purchase, never see it again. Like, yeah. it's, way to, it's such a common, uh, I don't know if issue. Well, I guess it is an issue because if people aren't playing the games, then what's the point of buying them? But Well, on the other hand, you are... Um, Whenever I buy a game, I'm buying an idea. And if it is a game I love, then awesome. I've just gave the developer money for it. That's true. That's I look at it. Even if it was uh, deeply discounted, they're still getting or seeing something from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's good to support, uh, especially uh, the in- yeah the indie companies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I saying about Firewatch? Why did I bring that up? Oh, yeah, basically because you were saying like it's a good way to see what other genres there are limit based on the games you have actually completed and i know based on life is strange that those type of uh not point and click adventures but more narrative first person not not even first person just narrative adventure games that are heavily story driven i Mm -hmm. discovered that i really really like those and that's why i bought vanishing of ethan carter because i think it's kind of in the same it is very much so same ballpark as that right so that's why i bought that and that's a game I know when I start playing it, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm an hour in. I just I feel like I need to be playing something else. Like I know I'm going to be fully engaged with that game, and I, I can't wait to play it. I'm actually excited to play it. Yeah, there's some interesting mechanics. Um, 
different from Life is Strange, but similar in the sense that it's using mechanics that aren't what you'd normally find in games. Oh. And I think, and for me, that's what added to the game, just simply because of the fact that uh, I was doing things in a new way. Right. That's awesome. So yeah, can't wait to play that for sure. Um, so yeah, listeners, get through your backlogs. It's worth it. Don't just jump game to game and then leave a lot of them trailing in the dust. Do your best to get through them. Uh, like I said, both Trailart and I are guilty of having a, a pretty large backlog now. His is way higher than mine. But besides that, um, do your best to get through it. Try and stick to a game. Keep a, keep a list and check off the games that you've beaten. Check off the games that you got 100% in that you're proud of. And you can kind of be proud of that to help motivate you to get through these games. Because it does feel good to get through your backlog. And then if you actually get your backlog a lot smaller, then you can feel better about buying more games. Because I know a lot of people get guilty about buying so many games they don't play. <laughs> No, go ahead. Pretty much covers that. I was actually just going to say that probably seeks into uh, the next thing I want to that I want to talk about. Yeah. Which is uh, well, as I mentioned earlier, Steam does have a summer sale going on right now. Right. And there are some uh, deals that I that I have in my own list. Now these are all games that I've played and I have completed, so they aren't part of my backlog. Oh, okay, that's good. But. There are ones that um, they're not overly expensive, and uh, for what they are, I enjoyed them. Uh, the first one that I wrote down here was Pony Island, which is uh, in Canadian. All these prices are going to be in Canadian. Pony uh, Island. Pony Island. It's a buck eighty-one, and it's dap- it is not a My Little Pony game. Okay. Uh, it is basically Pony Island is um, it's definitely an indie game. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it, uh, but there are sort of hacking mini games in it, and if there is a backstory to it. Uh, it's a very simple, or simplistic looking game, but it's not quite as simple as uh, as it first appears. And as I said, for a book eighty-one, you really can't go too far wrong with that. I played it, completed it, loved it. Uh, second game that I have on here, if you like mindless shooters. Uh, which occasionally I do. Uh, not usually multiplayer, but uh, just to blast things. Serious Sound 3 BFE, uh, which is uh, 439 uh, You can probably get a good few hours out of that one anyway. These are Canadian prices, are they? These are all Canadian prices. Canadian. I don't have access to the American ones. So so whatever the price is Canadian, it's likely cheaper. It is cheaper. More cheaper for, for American, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like... Uh, LNR is probably like five bucks even, but um, it seems to be on Canadian. It's five ninety four, right? Uh, which is another game I would recommend. Uh, just that's a game I beat too, actually. Yeah, really, it's really it's good. got a it's got a great storyline, um, great graphics. Uh, I think the big thing for it was the facial animations. Mm-hmm. Everybody was just yeah, it was revolutionizing uh, for the time for sure. Oh yeah, is it twenty twelve uh, that game came out? Uh, yeah, actually, somewhere around there, and, yeah. and it has aged pretty well. Uh, there's some games from that, you know, what I mean, like from four years ago that don't look half as good. Yeah. So, yeah. another one that I've seen that I was actually playing this evening, and I have four come on here: Alien Isolation. Uh, it's ten dollars and ninety nine cents. It's good if you like um, 
games with a lot of suspense. Uh, a lot of that game is running away from and hiding from, well, the alien. It's, I don't know, it's just a very tense game. It would be a game I would love to try in VR, uh, right. specifically because of that. Another one, uh, something along the lines of uh, Pony Island, as stories untold. Yeah, it's uh, five forty-nine, and essentially it is—it's a mix of genres. I mean, it starts off as a text adventure, but then goes into like first person, and then you have to play it to see it. But it's very much story-driven, and it's uh, definitely worth it. Uh, I can't say, again, it's one of those games I can't say too much about, specifically because if I do, I'm going to spoil things, and that's not what I want. Uh, It's definitely a game to enjoy straight up. Um, Finally, just for for people who like a good puzzle game, something along the lines of Portal, but not Portal, is the Turing Test, uh, $8.79, and it's... um, It's a weird one. (laughs) <laughs> but it is puzzle based and it's uh, again there is a story behind it uh, that you have to unravel so it's definitely up there as was some of mine so yeah that's pretty much my list uh, I think the only other game I have on here is Soma Soma? what's that? it's uh, made by the, I think it was made by the same people who made Amnesia The Dark oh, Descent okay yeah it's now uh, 989 on the Steam sale, and it's again very story driven. Uh, Ask some very deep questions uh, regarding the human condition, let's just say. Hmm. But again, I really, I really enjoyed it. Played through it, completed it. No, it's actually one I'll probably install now that I've started talking about it. So, you know, reinstall it to play it again. But uh, no, definitely thought those games I would definitely recommend picking them up uh, they're not that expensive Pony Island's the cheapest one on my list and it's definitely worth it for that price right uh, the sale ends in two days on the 5th of July uh, usually it ends at about 1 o'clock Eastern uh, which is my time so uh, you have until then uh, to pick up any of those if anybody's interested cool alrighty I think that just about uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. By the way, um, I think that just about does it. Is there anything else you wanted to add on about anything or anything we've talked about in the show? No, I think we're pretty much covered everything quite well. Yeah, I think so. So, like we said, um, the show is uh, going to be. Um, we're going to aim for every Monday, uh, as of right now. Uh, the schedule could change but for now we're going to aim for Monday nights around um, what did we say? 9 o'clock Eastern 9 o'clock Eastern yeah 9 Eastern Uh, again we'll we'll keep that updated Um, you can follow uh, my channel here and uh, for updates I have a Discord channel as well you can check on my uh, twitch.tv slash Kelthar channel for that I also have Twitter you can follow me at Kelthar uh, Willie, is there anywhere? Uh, do you want to plug anything and you want to sell out? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, pretty much, I just show up whenever. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any social media or anything like that? Or <laughs> do you have any social media or anything like that? Twitter, anything like that? 
You want people no, to follow you? I want to uh, to keep those in a large base. Very much just uh, friends and stuff like that. So yeah, no worries. I'm sure if they, if anybody needs to contact me, well, they can do it through you. Yes, good good point. If you need to ask uh, this Irish guy a question, you can do it through uh, through me for sure. So you can contact me. Um, you can email me at kelthar28 at gmail.com. You can also uh, message me straight through Twitch. Uh, again, my Twitch is twitch.tv slash kelthar. I also have Twitter. You can contact me through there at kelthar. Uh, again, we're going to be coming up with a new name for the show. This was kind of a, a pilot to see how things go, and I think it went pretty well, honestly. Um, looking forward to doing uh, next week's show as well. Also, if you have any ideas for a topic, controversial topic, maybe, uh, or any gaming topic, really, that you'd like for us to discuss on the show, let us know. Um, And yeah, other than that, I think that pretty much covers it. Anything else you want to add? That's it. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah, have a good night, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will be making this available on as many platforms as possible itunes and google play and all that as soon as we figure out how to do that but we'll get to, we'll get to all that and uh other than that thank you very much for listening or watching if you're here on twitch and you all have yourselves a fantastic week 